You know, as a child growing up, I always wanted to be a pharmacist. I'm going to go to the doctor. I always try to read my prescription. Of course, I couldn't. T.S. Texas Southern sent some recruiting people to Lufkin when I was a senior in high school. They were recruiting students of pharmacy school, so that was the opportunity for me. Then I learned how to read my prescriptions then. <laughs> In 1923, the city of Lubbock established an ordinance that confined African Americans to the eastern area of the city. Out of that confinement grew a tight-knit community of educators, innovators, and mentors. These are some of the stories from those who have helped their community blossom, even in the shadows of the past. It's mid-morning on a sticky summer day. Kenneth Castillo is just getting to work caring for the community garden in the heart of the Chapman Hill neighborhood. The incessant humming that you hear in the background is from a nearby cottonseed processing plant. So I picked her up some garlic and some zucchini. I just don't know how much she wants. Whenever folks come in here, I make sure that everybody knows Chapman Hill was named after Chapman Hill. He points to a building about a block away. That is the hospital that Dr. Chapman built in the 1940s. That's, that's the building he built uh, to bring adequate health care to African-Americans in Lubbock. Kenneth gives a tour of the small yet robust community garden. He isn't a farmer by trade. In fact, he works with young men to prevent sexual assault. Through this garden, he's found the perfect intersection of opportunities for emotional growth and history lessons. The work that I do to prevent sexual violence has to be within the community. And I need to be within the community to show youth what it's like to have a relationship. For instance, when we put these uh, ochre seeds in the ground and it starts coming up, we have a relationship with that plant. That plant has a relationship with the uh, other plants around it. If that plant starts to wilt, youth will understand what empathy is. So my job is to prevent sexual violence before it happens. My job is to stop first time perpetration of sexual violence. And one of the ways to do that is to give youth a sense of community. And I noticed when I was at the little boys and girls club out here at the Fee Club, that when the kids were going to Mae Simmons and I asked them who Mae Simmons was, they couldn't tell me who she was. I thought that that was the problem because if we're supposed to start community building, we need to know the history of the community first. That history includes trailblazers like the Cavells, prominent black pharmacy owners at the time Lubbock was segregated. Mr. Alfred and Miss Billy Cavell. It is just amazing what the Cavells were able to do in the 60s in, uh, in, in spite of segregation. For the youth that live in East Lubbock, they need to not only know who these folks are, but it gives them a sense of empowerment of who these folks are, than knowing who they were, knowing these trailblazers. I got married the day before. We didn't go on the honeymoon. <laughs> Couldn't afford it, I guess. 
Miss Billy Cavale still lives in Lubbock. Her husband, Alfred, passed away in 2015. And he couldn't find a job. Only job that he could find was up here in Lubbock. And there was some Jewish people that owned a, a drugstore downtown Lubbock. And they had all black pharmacists. They already had one working for him. He was from Florida. And so they came to Texas Southern University and recruited pharmacists. And it was about four or five of us that came up here. And they didn't hire me right away, but they hired my husband. But they did give me a job later on. And that's why we came to Lubbock, for job opportunity. Yes. Okay. This is Cavell's African American Museum. Here's historian Cosby Morton. Cavell's. Alfred Cavell and Billy Cavell were a couple. They moved out here in probably 1957, and they graduated from uh, school at Texas Southern. Texas Southern was the only place that you could go to to get a pharmacy, a pharmaceutical degree if you were black in the in the South, pretty much. And that has a history to itself. If you go back to the 1940s, a guy named Herman Sweat. Well, he tried to get into the law school in University of Texas. They did not let him in. He was a Negro. They did not let him in. So the NAACP filed a case against the University of Texas. University of Texas came up with the plan that we will create a separate but equal school, which is Texas Southern. It led to uh, the pharmaceutical school being put there. Now, the Cavells were unique in that when he first came here, down, on the, down where... Lubbock National Bank is on that main and 10th Street. Across the street, there used to be a hotel. There was also a, a pharmacy there called Triple S Pharmacy. The first attempt in Lubbock, to my knowledge, of uh, being a discount pharmacy. So Mr. Cavell went to work there. That's why he moved here. Only person would, would hire him in this area. Well, they went bankrupt. Mr. Cavell told me this story. They went bankrupt, so he decided to move, and he moved across the street right over there was not a drugstore, it was more like just a regular little store. So the person that owned this pharmacy, it was a pharmacy back then, 1961, his name was Evans. Evans decided to retire out of the business. Mr. Cavell bought the building from him and moved his pharmacy over here. Him and his wife, Billy, at that time, were the only blacks to own a pharmacy west of Fort Worth. My husband suggested, you know, when I started work, he said, why don't we live out of my salary and save yours? And that's what we did. And I guess when the opportunity presented itself, uh, see, they went bankrupt, that company did. So then I, that's why we was able to go into business, because I think our first inventory was $1,000 to stock the pharmacy part of the store. Now, you can't get $1,000 stock no pharmacy with $1,000 now. Mm -mm, it cost up in the $10,000 more. Then we had a nice location on Avenue A, kind of centrally located, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. People come in, you got to know them, and you spend a lot of time talking and visiting with them. And it was just, just like family, you know. The customers that we had, their children would trade with us when they grew up, you know, they would come. And I met people and they'd tell me, when I was a little girl, my, my, I came in your store with my mother and father or my, my daddy or something like that, you know. 
I hear that now sometimes. You know. Okay. Um, my name is uh, Dr. Stacy Caviel Watson. Stacy is the daughter of Billy and Alfred Cavell. I grew up in a household where there were six children. I had a mother and father, so it was eight of us. I grew up around a lot of professionals. Dr. Johnson, he was a, a dentist. Uh, many of, of the people I grew up around also were um, uh, educators, a lot of them actually. One person that this community knows very well is Miss Bobby Patterson. T.J. Patterson's wife. To know Miss Patterson is to love Miss Patterson. And I remember she was a very faithful client of my parents' pharmacy. And I never forget the day I had graduated from college. And I was just up there spending time. And, and of course, while, you know, look, children are free labor. So, <laughs> so while I was at the drugstore, I would just check out different clients. And I never forget Miss Patterson handed me her prescription bottle. And, um, and I never forget she saying that, girl, don't you ever, something to the effect, girl, don't you ever try to get an attitude with me. She was just joking at me because I have put you through college. I've been a, you know, a client of your parents' business for a long time. So I know all this money I'm spending up here has contributed to your college education. Even though she jokingly, she said that, but she, I mean, the point she made was right. I mean, I owe my education, I owe my livelihood, I owe the fact that my parents could purchase their house, all that to the people in that community that supported my parents' business. Um, the majority of the people in my neighborhood were African-American. To be honest with you, I do not recall any other race within my East Lubbock community. But as kids growing up, we also lived, I think at the time when I was a kid, it was just the Brazos River, one of the, the branches of the Brazos River that ran through um, behind my parents' house. And then over the years, of course, they made it into a reservoir, which turned it into a lake. But as kids, we would always go outside and explore. We would always come home with specimens. <laughs> I was frightening my mother to death. <laughs> she would always tell us everything was poisonous, don't touch it. And so she made the mistake buying us encyclopedias. And so we would look up everything. We're like, no, mother, this is not poisonous, you know, this and the other. So, so it was very fun, very eventful. Um, I felt not only more than just a community, it felt like just growing up around your different family members. My mom came from East Texas. My father came from South Texas, south of Houston. So we didn't have any immediate relatives within, without driving 10 hours. And I guess maybe that's why we adopted the people around us. So I, I, didn't, I didn't know any differently as a kid growing up. We just thought they were all our relatives. So. Another person that I know is Miss Wilson. Miss Wilson was an educator also. And i never forget her telling me, and with tears in her eyes, saying, Stacy, you just don't know how much impact your parents had on me. And I was like, well, what do you mean, Miss Wilson? She said, because there were times that my parents could not afford to buy us food. And your dad and them allowed us to purchase items on credit. She says, and I'd never forget your parents like that. And I've heard stories and stories and stories and stories of things like that. These credit accounts provided a huge service to the community and deepened the Cavale's imprint on Lubbock as a whole. You come in, you need some medicine, you get it on your tab. He had food, he had items that you can buy, you know, like a grocery store. Uh, no fresh items, but mainly, you know, canned goods and so forth. You don't see that anymore. Segregation made your community, made your community, made your community. Because you had to depend on yourselves and you knew why you were being segregated, because of your race. Everybody in that community had that in common. Outside of her work in the pharmacy, 
Billy became the second African-American to serve on the school board in Lubbock. And after nearly 50 years of running the pharmacy, Alfred and Billy hung up their lab coats for retirement. They donated the building to the Lubbock Roots Historic Arts Council under the agreement that it be turned into a museum dedicated to African-American culture. 60 years later, the pharmacy still stands on Avenue A, now called the Cavale Museum of African-American History. Billy and Alfred's smiling faces can be seen on the Roots mural, right there in the R. Back at the Booker T. Washington Community Garden, Kenneth Castillo is helping pick carrots for a local resident. And I wanted her to come to the garden, but y'all weren't here. Yeah, we need to we need to get more community members that allow us to get us get more more folks out here, so we can keep it open. The one thing that I have noticed when I talk to folks about not even just the Cavells, but even Dr. Chapman over here, is that whenever they had customers come in and not have enough money to pay for their medication or pay for their services, they would not only understand that but they would have empathy and would help them out help the help their customers out with whatever they needed um especially when it came to their health care um i heard a story yesterday of a hispanic woman who was not able to give birth at the white hospital during jim crow so she was able to come to dr chapman's hospital give birth and um they didn't have enough money to pay for it and they told dr chapman and dr chapman told them it's okay don't worry about it and when somebody had to walk in and get their medication from the Cavells and they didn't have enough money for it and the Cavells said, don't worry about it. I mean, that is just a load off of people's minds. I mean, money has always been an issue with folks, uh, especially marginalized folks. During Jim Crow, it happened to my family too. It's those kinds of stories that need to be told. When we talk about black history, we're not just talking about Frederick Douglass. We need to be talking about their local community. It's important to acknowledge the Roots Museum and, and go to the Roots Museum and see where that pharmacy was. Um, talk about the trailblazers within their own community, like the Cabells. check out the full series of Beyond the Report, A Plan for Progress, go to beyondthereportlbk.com. Beyond the Report is brought to you in part by Texas Tech Physicians Obstetrics and Gynecology.